Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to Only Stupid Answers. Thank you so much for lending us about 45 minutes to an hour of your time for the uh, best dang podcast you can put your ears <sighs> into. That's a good... May I do one too? Hold yeah. Your gulp wasn't as good. Your gulp wasn't as good, but that was. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'll, pra- I'll practice. Uh, yeah, yeah, practice. Let me go. Go. I, 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 I practice for the rest of this episode. <laughs> Welcome. This we'll is uh, this is Sam and DJ. Yes, and we're talking about uh, movies. Yeah, TV shows. Yes, video games. Yes, comic books. Yes, tetanus. Tetanus. Yeah, I did. Fucking, I reached. It's my fault. Let me see. Let me see. It's it's, uh, a, it's, yeah. it's a gusher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically like a little bit worse than a paper cut, which is annoying. You're seeing viscera. Yeah, is it's, it's annoying. <laughs> Dude, did you did, did you ever see the picture of what happened to my finger when I cut my finger? No, you offered a few times. Yeah, and yeah. Someone tried to show me a Jimmy Fallon's thing, too, and I did. Oof, yeah, that I, I can't did. do. That I can't do. No, thank you. No, thank you. And, and hey, it's nothing against you. No. I... Uh, can't. I can't. Yeah, I, do, I couldn't. I couldn't. Like when they when they were sewing up, it's like, well, I guess I'm looking over here right now. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I was like, oh, I want to be a doctor. And I saw a photo of a man who was working on power lines. Yeah. And a power line fell, hit him in the face, and melted his skin over his face. And I was like, ooh, that's a little rough for me. And someone's like, well, you're going to be seeing that every day when you're a doctor. I'm like, that's not fair. <laughs> I have strong doubts. <laughs> that doctors see melted faces on a regular basis. But, but it turns out they do. do. It happens. It's crazy how often it happens. Indiana Jones was history, man. <laughs> Gang, we're talking about, speaking of melted faces, yes. we're going to be talking about It Chapter 2. This yes. is the, You might get the spoilers at the end. We're just going to be talking about the movie and talking about Stephen King today. Why? Because that man's written more books than God. No, the Bible sold more. But... Mm. And Arl Stein's actually sold more books too. So what's the yeah. big deal about Stephen King? <laughs> <laughs> what's the big deal? Did you? Uh, were you? I know we've talked about this. I'm so sorry. A lot on my mind today. Are you a Goosebumpsman? Yeah. Nice. Did we talk about the movie? I've, I've never I seen think them. I've mentioned it. I never saw the follow up with Ben, the car- the guy who plays the young Ben, yeah. and it is in that oh, second nice, movie. Nice, nice. But then they didn't get um, Jack Black to come back to play Arl Stein. He did the voice of Slappy. I think no one really saw that one. Yeah, gang, if you're noticing a huge fucking echo in this episode, because we're we're it's a moving day today. Yeah, we're in the middle of moving offices. You're welcome. You're very welcome. You're welcome. So before we dive into it, Sam. Yeah, let's look at this cut on my let's hand. Let's look at the cut on my hand. Um, uh, let's talk about what we're into this week. Can I do a little advertisement really yeah. quick? Well, I want to talk about a comic that we're really into, and I'll yes. talk about it here, but also we're going to dive deep into it with our comic episode that's going to be up on Patreon as we speak. Yes. If you're listening to this now, yeah. not if you're watching it live on Patreon. If you're listening yeah. to this on a podcast app. Yes, which, by the way, if you want to watch these episodes live, get all the behind-the-scenes stuff, get special bonus content like our comic book episode, you can go to patreon.com slash Answers. Yes, we're going to be diving into uh, like Doomsday Clock and other stuff. Yes. Um, from oh, I know what you're going to talk about. Uh, Doomsday Clock? No. Was that what you were going to talk about? That's what I was going to oh, talk okay, about. Okay, cool, cool. What did you think I was going to I thought about? I saw a cover for Giant Days where they all throwing their caps up in the air. Okay, I want to talk about that. Actually. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the last issue of Giant Days. I've mentioned this it before. It did look like that. Are you, you were caught up. You were able to read the last issue as it drops. Gotcha. I caught up around issue 20, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't, real- I didn't realize that I've been following it for that long because it's no. 54. Yeah. <laughs> It really annoys me that it didn't end on like 55. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like 54. You fucking kidding me? It's so close. But uh, the ending was really sweet. Uh, it and it's cool that you got to see characters grow and change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That doesn't happen in superhero comics. No, I ever. mean, it really resets ever. Yeah, like yeah. someone changes. Yeah, then they reset yeah. it. Like Lex Luthor. That was really cool when he was on the Justice League. Yeah. He's still a piece of shit, but like he's at least trying. That was fun. Now we don't care. Now he's now he's Apex Lex. Fun to, probably fun to write down, huh? <laughs> fun to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was really it was a it was a heartfelt ending. And there is one final issue they're going to do, but it's it's Giant Days colon subtitle. I forgot what it is. Issue number one. They're calling gotcha. it, and it's coming out in October. So it's like a one shot. It's a one shot that's a year or five years in the future from where they cool. left college. And I love it, man. This book rules. And I just casually reread some issues sometimes. Like um, one of the characters. Uh, comes out as gay really early on, mm-hmm. and she was 
home, like she was homeschooled and she was raised by her grandmother and so she and she and her have a really close relationship they really love each other and they really support each other like really she doesn't care about going out she really would rather just stay inside and like watch yeah. uh, like a soap opera and like knit and stuff like it's, yeah. it's so cute and having her uh, come out of her shell and in that there's in this entire series there's a moment where she starts dating a girl mm-hmm. and she's not abusive, but she's a goddamn whirlwind. She yeah. is not she's good. A she's a lot. She's not good. She's yeah. not a good person. But I'd say this character, Daisy, is a little weak-willed, so mm-hmm. she can't really figure out a way to get out of it. And when she does, the ex retaliates by outing her to her grandmother. And that, Oof. yeah, it blows. Uh-huh. And the way the grandmother deals with it, she she admits that she's selfish when she's upset with her with her granddaughter about yeah. it because she's like we told each other everything yeah. like why do you think I wouldn't be okay with what you had to say and it, it's it's such a cool exploration they end up like figuring it out mm-hmm. over a couple issues which I, I like that it takes a little bit of time to yeah. deal with something big and life changing like that and it means a lot to both of them god damn it there's comic rules John Allison props to you Max Saren the artist uh, and then Leslie Tremaine I believe was the original artist but did all the covers following cool and John Allison sometimes would just do one shots where he did the art and the story and I like his art style too it's very cool. stylized and, and that props to people that can do both I was always really because a lot of times you'll have artists jump into and I'm thinking more of the superhero stuff will jump into writing their own thing and usually you're good at one or the other being a writer or being an artist, very few are good at both. Darwin Cook was a rare. I'd say Chip Sardeski's. Chip Sardeski's really good. It sounds like uh, uh, your boy over John here, Allison. John Allison's is really talented. Uh, I know Maggie, you read it. We did when we were doing the comic book club, or we did it a few times. Uh, they read the first volume, mm-hmm. and God damn it, Boom! It's Boom Box. It's yeah. Boom Studios, like sub whatever yeah, I'm i think not, it's more focused on female readers as boombox is cool it, it's so cool and uh sam humphreys wrote yeah. that uh jonesy for yes. him they released hardcover felt like finished novels or, or volumes mm-hmm. and they did the first three volumes and there's going to be like 12 of this yeah don't finish with just three come on, come on. i know this comic just won an eisner yeah. for best ongoing series cool. come Good on and they were nominated like a million times they yeah. finally won can we just just finish it out. I know it's expensive, but you already made three. You yeah. already started. Mm-hmm. Finish it. I think I'll finish it. So the one, two, and three came out really fast. Oh, uh, okay. And it's been like a whole year. Maybe not enough people are buying them. Go on, get them. You guys go buy them. Oh, Anyways, I'm going to talk about that more, but I will talk about Doomsday Clock. There's a nice ad. Yeah. Go, to do, go to Patreon. Patreon.com slash only stupid and, and also, Giant Days. That, and I have questions about House of X. Yeah, a lot of cl- Me too. Um, <laughs> but for Giant Days, if you guys want something that has nothing to do with comic books, is just endearing and makes your heart feel good, but at the same time has stakes, and it, you get to see people actually grow and change. Nothing to go. do with superheroes. No, and each issue... Because you said comic books. I'm like, but it oh, is, so it is nothing a comic book. Sorry, <laughs> nothing to do with superheroes. Um, but they do a good job. Each issue is self-contained. And there's no lead character. It's all about these three people. And each person gets to grow and change in their own way. I look forward to... I feel like... And I don't know if maybe it's just because I'm picking up more of these books. And so my perception is skewed. But I feel like there's more ground for non-superhero books and comics. And I would like to see... Because it used to be that, that um, you know, back in the early 50s, the super genre almost died out. And um, then the comics code came out and it was like, EC Comics is subversive. And so then the superheroes came and took their place. But, but I like that it's like, you've got Giant Days, Criminal is amazing. There's just a lot of different types of things that you could pick up that lend themselves to this medium. So don't just check out superhero stuff. Love that stuff. Most of the stuff I pick up is superhero stuff. But... Also, take a chance. I just bought one. Take a chance. Take a chance. Take a chance. I don't even remember the name. I just I just picked up every once a month. I pick up one or two new books that I've never checked out before, just to see. Just you, to sometimes, see. you sometimes get a few duds, but it is yeah. it is good to support or it. Or even and, not even duds, just stuff that's not for me. That it's like, oh, this is cool, but not for me. Mm. Yeah. What's you? What are you into this week? What am I into? A little bit of contra- controversial. I finally saw uh, Dave Chappelle's new stand-up, Sticks and Stones. Um, and I understand the controversy. I don't know if I entirely agree with it, but I do understand it because mm-hmm. there was there was a. Um, I heard the I heard the con. I explained it. There's to a me. few there's a few things that would hang people up. The one that hung me up is he does a long bit about how he doesn't believe the people that accused Michael Jackson in that HBO special. Yeah, and the and the and not so much that he can believe whatever he wants to believe. The trajectory it takes. 
uh, I, was like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, or I do, I feel uncomfortable. Uh, I don't know if there's merit in me feeling uncomfortable in this way here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think what's unfortunate, I think, about the way media and people like on Twitter and stuff like that process things like this if you find something challenging or you there's an aspect of something that you don't find kosher let's say you kind of write off the whole thing and i do think he makes some really whether you agree with all of them or not i think he really makes some salient points that i think add some texture to ongoing cultural conversations like uh um one of the big ones is he goes into abortion and he's like, and he, he admits he's got conflicted feelings. Uh, and so, and, and I think a good example of the type of special this is, is he's, he's like, I don't know if I'm for it. And somebody cheers. He's like, shut up. I don't know if I'm against it either. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he talks about like, Hey, you know, it's a woman's body. Guys shouldn't have any say in it. We shouldn't do any, any, we, we should have no part of that conversation. Just like if you want to keep the baby, I should be allowed to leave and not have to pay anything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ooh, yeah. I, I don't know if I agree, but it, it there might be something to unpack there. Mm-hmm. And I think I I am becoming for some reason this year especially. I feel like there's been a lot of uh, media that has come out that has kind of like uh, challenged the a lot of media that is usually enjoyed by progressive people challenges the progressive mindset, and they are not having it and i feel like that's a that's a disappointment because i think you should need to be challenged and just because something is challenging you or doesn't line up with your perspective doesn't necessarily mean they're throwing in with the maga camp and all that stuff you know what i mean like you can you can agree to disagree in some areas or allow yourself especially in art to be challenged have your perspective be challenged and force be forced into a position where you explore why you think the way you think like when i grew up i was in a very uh, um wasn't even my household that was so conservative but I, the church i was in was a conservative environment so when i got out of that when i moved to college and then when i moved to la a lot of those perspectives were challenged were challenging perspectives and so now it's kind of interesting to see the pe- the the environment that challenged those perspectives and forced me to grow being very unwilling to be challenged themselves and maybe put themselves in a position to grow um, because it, it's a two-way street. If you're going to challenge people, you also need to be willing to be challenged. And hopefully in that dialogue, in that conversation, we can all grow and learn and evolve and, and become better versions of ourselves instead of just screaming at each other online. Um, so I don't know. It, it's, uh, it's definitely not one of his best. Uh, I, I did laugh quite a bit, mm-hmm. but not all the time. Uh, and, uh, uh, but it, it don't, don't necessarily throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, if you've enjoyed Chappelle's stand up before, maybe check it out and explore your own feelings and being willing to say like, Hey, you know what? Really not into this whole line of jokes, but there may be something on this other line, you know what I mean? Like that was funny and interesting and had something to say. You know, it's cr- It's so weird. Like to your point, yeah, they're 100% agree when it comes to the reaction to things like this that yeah. they throw out. Like if there's that one thing, they throw out the whole thing. Oh yeah, I guess and, Chappelle's a trash person and, now. It's like, wait, time out. <laughs> and a maj- but also a majority of those people who throw it out don't probably haven't seen it. Yeah, there's yeah, a, yeah. that that happens. And I'll say I'll, I'm guilty of it when it comes to certain things because also I don't care enough. I'll yeah. be honest. Like stand up to me is an impressive art form it is difficult to do and it's crazy when people are successful at it yeah. and we have pers- we have friends who are good at it and yes. it's and it's always impressive to see it's them like do a magic it. trick um but if you're you'll never catch me going and looking for stand-up to go mm. and watch and it's not i not that i don't respect it it's just not on my radar yeah, so yeah, yeah. but that being said we we both follow a lot of stand-up people and yeah. we know a lot of people in stand-up uh and i'm not calling out anybody but mm-hmm. it is interesting that like you get uh to your point you get the more progressive audience who immediately throws it all out with yeah. like that one joke, but it's also crazy having the other side of it too. Yeah. Cause I've seen that too, where it's not, it's not to derail your point in any way. Cause yeah. I, I see what you're saying, but it's also weird how recently I've just noticed how, man, sometimes comedians can be really entitled to like the freedom of telling those kinds of jokes without, without a response though. Yeah. Like you're gonna to your, but like to your point, yes, you should take in what this comedian's saying and not throw out everything, every part of what their stand up yeah. bit is because of one thing that they said. But at the same time, it's like sometimes shit sucks, man. And you yeah. need to like, and maybe you need to look at why that specific thing's getting that reaction and not throw out an entire audience because yeah. 
of that reaction. Yeah. That being said, audiences, can, well, people can gang up on something and totally destroy it without yeah. fully understanding what, what he's trying to say. It is interesting because I the way, and, and I don't know um, outside of these specials how Chappelle re- reacts to these things. Because he's not um, on like social media. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, not that I know of. Um, but like in the special, like he makes a joke about the audience. He's like, I'm going to find one thing about you and then rip you apart, whatever. But there's this interesting interplay between, he even ends the bit. And, and I think people like miss moments like this. He ends the bit like, hey, if I make fun of you, it's probably because I see something myself of you. You know what I mean? And he talks about, and he goes into talking about being poor and, and dealing with stereotypes. And so there's this interesting we're talking about it later the when there's there's a bit where they all meet at the chinese restaurant and richie's kind of ripping into uh, the hypochondriac kid Eddie. i can't remember Eddie. richie is the only name i remember mm-hmm. uh because it's bill Hader and and beth because they were my two favorites so they're the two that, that i remember best and on the surface if you were to if you were to just take what he he said and like put it down like ah, that's mean like mm-hmm. that's really mean but in the context it's this it 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 is friendly ribbing you know what i mean like it is there is love there there is affection there um and i, I there's that interesting dynamic in that like a camaraderie uh, weird to say a camaraderie in in suffering and i don't know and i don't know if there's there's merit in that because i'm not part of any of those communities that you know have and issues that's with important also, and that stuff you know that's what I mean? important like, to point out too where yeah. it's like you can we can say it's so much but at the same time it's it's from our point of view yeah so i and it's interesting to see that that kind of dynamic of um uh being open to like he has a he has a moment where he has a like pretty blatant he's making a point out of doing a very blatant asian stereotype and then he brings up later... Who is? Sorry. Dave Chappelle. Uh-huh. Uh, and later he brings up that his wife hates that joke and like their conversation about it. And so it, it adds this interesting layer of, of him making the joke and acknowledging the people in his life that don't approve of that, which creates this interesting tension within, within the, um, the bit, the routine itself. I don't know. I, I, I see merit in it. I, I for the most part... Um, I appreciate what he's trying to do, even though I, uh, the first half of the specials was, is tough. And the second half was like, oh, this is pretty great. You know yeah, what I mean? But you have to get through it yeah, first for, half. But for is, me, yeah. you know? And, and so, and it's not one of those, I don't think people should look at it as like, yeah, he's right about all this stuff. Cause I don't think that's what he's trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he said in a previous special, he's like, I'm, I didn't come up here to be right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's just saying stuff, you know? And, but I also think throwing it out for offending you may not be their best reaction either i think this unfortunately internet culture twitter culture doesn't allow for a lot of nuance and a lot of like "Eh, maybe it's in between Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i think a lot of a lot of things are just kind of in between like it's is it good or bad it kind of depends on the context i don't know man like the longer i'm alive it's like the more complicated stuff is it's like when i was a kid like everything was black and white yeah the good people here the bad people and the older you get you're like it's way more complicated than that it's kind of a pain in the ass if i'm being honest it's exhausting (laughs) Uh, by the way, did you see that clip from, I think it's called The Shop. Okay. And it's an HBO series. Okay. And it's, uh, they bring on celebrities to kind of, it, it's more of like a, it's just like a conversation show, but it happens in like a barbershop. Yeah. So uh, there is a clip that went viral because it's Lil Nas X, Kevin Hart, and I'll pull up. Let me see if I can find. Wow, Kevin Hart's going through it right now. Yeah, he was a car accident, right? Yeah, major car accident. He apparently had uh, uh, spinal stuff. He's, Jesus. He had, had to have... So this is before that. Um, this is, uh, let me see if I can find... Uh, I'll look through Kevin Hart. Anyways, uh, the host of the show yeah. asks Lil Nas X, who came out as gay, yeah. he, but he did it in kind of like a nonchalant way where he's yeah, like, yeah. oh, I thought you guys knew. Like, yeah. it was like, and it, they, they, I want, I don't know if I want to say challenge him, but they ask him why he did it now. Why did he, why mm-hmm. did he talk about it now? And, uh, he said like well you know like i'm at the top now and i don't need to go any higher so there's no benefit for me to say it now i'm just saying something that that's i'm I'm paraphrasing because he says it the way that he says it yeah um and a lot of people like in it in the interview you can hear you can hear kevin hart like kind of question why little nas didn't talk about it when he was a kid and you can hear Lil Nas be like come on man you know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about like you know if he said if you're from where we grew up mm-hmm. you know that like they're homophobic you yeah. know that that's how it is yeah. and so of course it's not and he's like that's why I, I felt okay talking about it now yeah. because there's no I don't get anything to gain from it but also like 
kids should see that it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, a lot of people like kind of jumped on Kevin Hart because he those tweets came out where they were homophobic yeah, yeah, and got, he yeah, didn't host which the Oscars. Chappelle talks about that too. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But like, it, but if you watch the the full interview, because no one saw the whole interview, yeah. they only talked about the clip that they showed, <laughs> and it was just Kevin Hart asking. Lil Nas to explain mm-hmm. why he did it now yeah. and what, where he came from in his in his neighborhood yeah. to like to for context, but people got mad at Kevin Hart, which to be fair, good. You should talk about the things that he said publicly before and mm-hmm. and, and dissect it and see what it means and see if he still believes that. You yeah. know, you should. He, he's a public figure. You yeah. should be able to do that. But at the same time, it's like there's context to the entire conversation. It's like yeah. thirty minutes, and, and this also, was a minute worth of conversation. You got to be open to people asking questions, man. Like you can't just you can't expect everybody to know everything about everybody all the time. Like you know, if you're not part of a community, you're gonna have questions about the community, man. Mm-hmm. Like if you didn't grow up around it, you're not a part of it. And and you and if you're part of that community, and you got to be willing to let people in by especially if they're open to like, hey, man. I don't understand. <laughs> don't that doesn't make them bad. That just means they don't understand. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, anyways, the shop looks really cool, and it's just. And we, I know we're off. We're off track right now. We yeah. want to talk about it. It's just you know sometimes it's conversations are really hard, and the more adult you get, the more things get complicated, and mm-hmm. the there and weirdly more emotions get like wrapped up into it, even though it's just trying to understand people and. Yeah. Twitter sometimes fucking blows. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, man, because it's like, you know, the I don't know about you, but like there's a lot of people in my life from all different walks that like have belief systems or do things that I don't agree with and I think are harmful or whatever. And but I'm supposed to throw out people as trash people because they vote differently. It's like, but what about the other people in my life that do this stuff that people are people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't get to be the judge of you know what I mean? Like what you're do- all I, I all I can do is live my best life the best I can and ask the questions I need to ask to make sure I'm not screwing over anybody else. Mm-hmm. And guess what, gang? We don't have the answers for all of these things, and mm-hmm. I don't think in the next thirty minutes we're going to find them. Uh, but maybe, uh, maybe but, hey, it, chapter two will give us the answers. Maybe we can explore our fears. Yeah, bring them back around. All right. So uh, enough of that. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that conversation. If not. You'll let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about It Chapter 2. Our yes. review is up at youtube.com slash might be awesome. Yes. A little shout out. We got to see it this week. I saw it at uh, an event for Nuvi, uh, and they were very nice to, to send me out, and that was very cool. You get to see the press screening. Yes. Any fire alarms, any fights with. No, no, and I'm, I'm going to be interested with you. Not a, not, a, uh, not a lot of reaction from the audience, uh, like not a lot of gasp or whatever, just kind of like. It was a pretty static viewing experience. Oh, ours was... Uh, no one gasped yeah. ever, but people sure did fucking laugh hard. I'm going to tell you I, that weren't... I didn't think were supposed to be funny, yeah. but I laughed at them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this movie is more dedicated to making you laugh than it is to scare you. No, I Honestly, I don't... I mean, I can see why people would be upset with that, but I'm not... I, I'm not like, even saying yeah. it's a diss. I just, it just felt like it, it felt like it put more energy into... There was even one scene that was supposed to be... Um, Definitely supposed to be like scary, and then they do this music cue in the middle of it that felt very Evil Dead. But the rest of the movie doesn't feel that do you, way. Do you remember what scene? Yeah, it was? it's it's when the, as vague as you can. I guess um, I can't. I'll talk oh. about it in spoilers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, but uh, but it definitely like I don't know. It, it the movie felt very uninterested in building tension. I uh, the only I think you get it in smaller doses. Yeah. I think overall there's very little tension because yeah. it's like oh well, shouldn't we all stay together and like. Nah, <laughs> and so they We've all, all got to go face our fears individually. But even though you just mm-hmm. you just talked about how that's not a that's not a good thing, and you need also, each other. None of that mattered. Uh huh. And I all that's it's kind of the problem where it's like they're trying to do the format they did for the TV series, which yeah. to be fair, it's fifteen hundred pages, man. It's a shit ton of story yeah. that you're trying to condense down to two movies worth. Where there's actually there's like history and sci-fi shit and something called a macroverse, where like we are just a side product of that, and these yeah. beings are just this is their version of themselves in a smaller. But I just did a whole deep dive into <laughs> what the fucking mythology is, and this yeah. that the movie doesn't even get to. Yeah, it doesn't have time to get to the point. Yeah, that's not I mean the point, but um. Jesus, yeah, there's so much. The, I don't know if the two-movie format works for this, but yeah, I, did but get, I, I got know, tiny little bits of tension in this movie. Yeah, I also don't know, because you mentioned, a few other people mentioned three movies, and it's like, yeah, but what's that middle movie supposed to do? I like, no, so we did in our review, you brought up a good suggestion of doing a four, like a four-episode miniseries, yeah. and that's really like cool because... Like HBO, like... I'd say you do 
adults coming back together. That way you start out like, let's pretend no one knows what the fuck it is now. Yeah. That's pretty hard now. Mm-hmm. But you start out, they're coming back together. They're remembering bits and pieces. You're getting flashes of their childhood. They come back together. And when they're at the Chinese restaurant, the, again, we're staying spoil- as spoilers-free as we can. But yeah. they're sitting in the Chinese restaurant and then they're recounting. They're getting their memories back. Episode two, you get to the kids. And that's when you introduce the kids. And so, and then along the way, they are like, parallel storytelling of both of the of both of their struggles as kids but as adults because you're able to understand their trauma as children and yeah. also how it's manifested as adults so it, it like an arrow season two where both of the high points in uh oliver's life when he takes down slade the first time and then the second time yeah and how those how those two things are both connected but different and yeah. different outcomes you could have that at the end of the series 100 percent, and, and that's more the way the book is structured uh yeah. where, where it kind of and to the point where i was just reading an article um written this week about a guy that, that read it when he was about the age of the kids and now he's reading it again now that he's the age of the adults and how he's getting different things out of it and the way that kind of like things bleed together um, you could explore some of that. It reminds me a lot of um, Sharp Objects, the HBO miniseries starring Amy Adams, because the, it's following her, but the way it flashes back to her past and how that informs her present, and there's kind of like an overall dreamlike quality mm-hmm. that I think would have benefited. Um, uh, what was it? Kiri Fukunaga was the one that was originally. originally supposed to do it. I'd be interested to see what his plans were because he's kind of good at that kind of dream logic feel to things uh i think andy muschietti has a really great design sense i agree um, like yeah. i think the monsters always look really good a little disappointed with its final form Pennywise's final form but otherwise like the the things like the leper um uh there's a person whose head's on fire yeah, stuff like cool. that i think is is um the, uh, there's a sequence in the chinese restaurant all that stuff i think is very very cool and interesting an homage to uh the thing that was really cool um, but it's all kind of like uh, surface level. Like there's not a lot of like uh, the movie just kind of is what it is, you know. And I wonder if maybe a more dreamlike quality where you're kind of uh, weaving through the past and the present. And this movie has the struggle too, where we have the adults, but we spend a chunk of the movie with the kids too, which makes me think like maybe we should have just had the adults in the, or maybe that's how the second movie would have worked, where it's the it's kids. Adults and kids, and then adults. Mm. But I don't know if anybody want. I don't know if I'd want a version of this movie that didn't have the kids, kids are kind of more yeah. compelling. The kids are more because because it makes like not only these are these full grown adults, they are the most successful versions of these adults that they could possibly be, which kind of makes it less scary because it's like, well, I don't know, man. You're like one of the biggest architects in the world. I think you'll figure it out somehow. Mm-hmm. You'll architect your way out of this problem for sure. You'll MacGyver it. Um, but the architecture version of it. <laughs> I, uh, but on that point, speaking of the architect, Ben, I, I mentioned this in the review, but I just want to say props to the casting department for yeah. finding uh, all, uh, besides our three A-listers, because no. they look just enough. Mm-hmm. Like, they have similar it's fine. hair. Yeah, yeah. That's really One of them it. wears glasses. Yeah, and has mm-hmm. black hair. Yeah. And then, like, James McElroy doesn't look anything like no. Ben. Uh, Bill. Um, yeah. but, and Beverly. God is, bless that guy. I, uh, It'd be cool to be one of those kids and be like, but see now that's, that kid's going to have it hanging over his head for the rest of life when he doesn't grow up to look like James McAvoy, yeah, he's gonna look which like, he won't. He's going to look like Justin Long probably. Yeah, yeah. He's going to look like how he looks like. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. There's but, he, that, but he's not James McAvoy. He's not James McAvoy. James McAvoy is a very handsome how boy. How do you think Beverly got a cleft chin between um, uh, her as a kid and then her as an I adult? I mean, you know, she's very wealthy in the future. Oh, Maybe. you can go get, the, I yeah. forgot, you can get those. You can go get it. Why don't we go you get can, those? It's a great question. Why, why don't we get it? I'm just going to cover it with a beard anyway. <laughs> so it's really just throwing yeah. money down the fucking yeah. toilet. But <laughs> hey, it's a fun surprise. Yeah. Like, oh shit, I paid for this. Yeah. But I, you did a motion as if I lifted my beard. I'm like, hey, here hey, it is. There it is. <laughs> you shave up to here. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyways, the casting department minus our A-listers was fucking crazy. And uh, Ran, Ran, I'm going to say Ransom, but his real last Ransone, name. Ransom, I think. There you go. Yeah. Uh, the Eddie's adult version is fucking spot on. And I've seen that. I've got to look it up and now because I know does, I've seen him before and he's really good. I'm feeling like a Saving Private Ryan or some other like war movie. He's got yes, a look for, I like, think that's a good call. Like a 40s era. Like if you said he was an overlord or something like yeah. that. Like a 40s era World War II type story. or like He's going to be in a war movie. Let's just say that. He's like a Vietnam or he's something like in, that. Uh, both Sinister 1 and Sinister 2. Generation Kill. Uh, which is a more modern cool war movie. <laughs> um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Anything else standing out? 
Nope. Nope. Uh, that's a big old nope on that front. But uh, but he's very good. The whole cast is is really, which kind of makes it a, a bummer that the kind of the script and the pacing is kind of clunky because it's like the movie looks really cool and you got a really cool cast and it just doesn't feel like it. Li- and I think maybe that's why this is kind of getting always oh, in always oh, in tangerine that's where i know him from tangerine such a director good movie. um that the director of tangerine is the same as the florida project sean baker there we go who i did really enjoy i mean you enjoyed the florida project yeah. as much as you can it's pretty depressing um but uh i think maybe that's why this movie's kind of getting critiqued a little bit harsher because you know there's a level of surprise with these kid the kid actors and having them in this movie kind of play off of in the flashbacks and everything their adult selves it reminds you of like how good the kid actors are especially young bill because unless he, i sincerely doubt he has an actual stutter mm-hmm. so the the way he's able to play that is really impressive and and also when you get james mcavoy i'm like oh yeah you played like 30 parts in the last movie i saw you in. <laughs> not dark phoenix in yeah, <laughs> in, oh, yeah, yeah. In, glass. in the last one i'll acknowledge that you were in in glass and in split and which i like glass Mm-hmm. I like last year. That too. came out this year. Yeah. Um, At the very beginning. I also like um, Sophia Lillis, who plays young Beverly. She's been in a ton of stuff since Nancy Drew. It, since it, Nancy Drew, she was going back to Sharp Objects. She played young Amy Adams, who also, what do they have in common? Yeah. Um, but uh, it's cool to see her in more stuff because she was really good in that movie. She's really good in this movie. So when it comes to the lore behind Pennywise that does not get explored in this movie, mm-hmm. do you familiar with like. A little bit, a little bit, because I know um, the Cliff Notes version that I'm aware of is so, and they touch on this a little bit in the movie. Pennywise is bit. an extra dimensional entity that finds himself here that feeds off of fear, mm-hmm. uh, and the to take basically my understanding is to take him out basically the kids have to get on his level which is why the ritual chewed exists and you have a chitty chat with uh the this giant cosmic turtle and he allows you in the in this position where you can have a battle of wills with this entity and slight spoilers although you shouldn't be surprised they don't really get into that and on the one hand i understand but on the other hand I'm bombed because yeah. it's like it would have been this part of it. So it would have been cool if you had like a pretty traditional blockbuster horror movie until the end, and then it goes like full 2001 or full Akira, where you're like Grant Morrison, whoa, Grant Morrison, like Hal Jordan versus God kind of stuff. Because I like yeah, because I like that aspect, and I like the uh, because what Stephen King taps into there is like the Lovecraftian existential cosmic horror stuff, which I think is real. This idea of like it's uncaring or almost antagonistic universe because especially when you're going through what these take out the supernatural element you're going with what these kids are going through that's the way the world feels like when you're when you're a young fat kid being picked on by bullies especially to the point where they're carving letters into you mm-hmm. it feels like the the universe is against you and so kind of and, and i i was reading going back to that article i was reading about how like the isaiah mustafa's character um it's pretty much solely focused on his parents dying in a fire but there's this this extended backstory that deals with the black community in that town and this idea of of uh, oppression being carried this generational oppression that just doesn't exist in this movie because they don't really dive into it his his story doesn't exist in this movie not really or in the first one either so i dove into the like the full breakdown of this it's very grant morrison-esque it's very lofty so in the Stephen King realm of all of his novels, kind of if you go into like Dark Tower territory, yeah. there's a place called the Macroverse, yeah. and our universe exists inside of that. The two biggest entities there, and mainly the two only entities that they're aware of, is it, mm-hmm. and it's a dark entity, and it manifests as the lights, yeah. but when it uh, manifests in our universe within the Macroverse, it looks like Pennywise. Yeah. And it can look like anything they, it wants. Yeah. But then there is a cosmic turtle, a mm-hmm. gigantic mm-hmm. being of cosmic energy that looks like a turtle, and it, the Pennywise or it or the dead lights, whatever you want to call it, always joked that it just happened to burp up our universe. Nice. And so we're not even a thought in the turtle's brain. Like it doesn't give a shit about us. Yeah. But they're the only two and it considers itself more powerful than the turtle, but it's the closest thing to its power level. That's yeah. it. Like there's not really, doesn't give, really give a shit about anything else. Yeah. But like you're saying, when it comes to the communion and they're able to talk to the turtle and battle of wills and that's, and that's when it becomes something larger than 
physically punching something in the face. Yeah, like or it, it, screaming at it until it's like, oh, no, I'm uh, dead now. <laughs> well, in, in a way, it's, it, it, you're not wrong. Yeah. But also, when it comes to just the belief in the thing gives you power over it, yeah. and the non-belief takes away its power, there's also like an idea that maybe there's a third thing out there that, that it gets scared of called the other that could be something... It, it at the same power level that these kids are tapping into as well, which is like, and, and at a point where you're like, this is fucking matter. Like, yeah, uh, well, it's interesting story. because like, um, uh, I read, I listened to the stand, uh, and and that, you know what? By the way, we should do an episode on audiobooks because there's a weird uh, group of people that say that doesn't count as reading. But anyways, go on. I, mean, I think you, I think you're not actually it. reading it, but like, because but anyway, yeah, uh, loved it, and it deals, it unpacks, and I'll be very interested to see what they do in the um, uh, TV adaption because the way it is presented, um, it, it is this cosmic good versus cosmic evil, and all that that entails. But it is presented in very uh, Judeo-Christian terms mm-hmm. um be, mostly because the paragon of the good is is a bible believer and so that's how she articulates it even though the book underlines that it's it's not necessarily that that's mm-hmm. just how she defines it um and the uh um main antagonist uh in that the walking dude um is also he's he's the man in black in uh the dark tower series he represents um, and I just, I like that idea. He represents a more cosmic evil, but I like the idea of of taking this stuff. I, I don't know. I'm into that stuff. I'm into like it connecting to this like bigger, more cosmic, weirder world. You know what I mean? I, so when it comes to these two movies, I think they did the best that they could if they were only given two movies to do it. Yeah. And, and for some reason, someone was beholden to telling the story in this fashion. I think... Overall, a mini series with four episodes, or no, more, or maybe more, but like maybe five. But at the same time, it's like diving into the history of dairy is also really interesting because yeah. for a long time it was just here and it didn't do anything until yeah. people moved in, which is kind of interesting. Like, what 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 else would it have been doing? Like, why? Yeah. Do, or maybe it doesn't matter because it's a cosmic being that time doesn't doesn't really matter. Like, yeah, it, it has no. Well, it has a minor concept of time because in twenty seven years, it yeah, shows up every twenty seven years, it hibernates after that. But um. I did want to go into questions from the Discord really quick. Oh, please. Um, For Davey Backwards, Davey says, any scary moments in this one or in the miniseries that really chilled your spine and and why is it the shower drain scene? Now, the shower drain scene, I'm guessing, is from the first movie because there's no shower drain scene in this movie. Also, no, I'm not familiar it's with the, in the miniseries. Shower, the shower drain scene is in the miniseries. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's in the movies, but it's uh, Pennywise pops in. It, the, listen, the uh, miniseries has a clear advantage in the sense that it has Tim Curry as Pennywise. And God bless, um, who's the kid in this, these movies? Um, the kid? Oh, the, the, uh, who plays Pennywise. Uh, oh, Bill Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård, super talented, does a good job. He's not Tim Curry, and he can't help that. That's not his fault. But at the same time, the physicality of the role is a little bit more realized when it comes to uh, adapting the novel. Favorite joke in the movie, favorite joke in the whole movie is when Bill Hader makes fun of the dance. You know, he does this dance. Yeah, like, that's <laughs> great. Yeah. It completely undermines uh, the scariest thing in the movie. But that's really funny. Yeah, because also, how else is he? How is Richie going to process it? It's yeah. going to be with jokes. Yeah, like, exactly. It, he, that's all he can do. Um, Except. Oh, spoilers. Bill Hader does do a really good job in this movie, well, you by cast the way. Bill, it's shocking. You cast Bill Hader in the movie, and he's really funny. But also, the benefit of Bill Hader is not only is he really funny, but he, for me, he added the most pathos to all the stuff that was going on. Like, I connected most with his character. Agreed. And I, I connected with Will and Bev more in this. Um, also, I, I will give credit to... Uh, Andy Muschietti and the, and the writer on this movie, uh, which was not Andy, but um, yeah. I understood Stanley more as an adult than I did as a kid because these yeah. kid part didn't really it mattered in the book a little bit, but yeah. it didn't have a connecting. There's a reason why he's not as prevalent in the book, and yeah. you find out why in, in it chapter two. But in this, I understood why Stanley mattered to the group and why to the kids, and I understood the friendship more as adults than I did as kids. Kids yeah. felt like like Stranger Things. At least they were friends before, so we're like, oh, okay, like. Yeah. 
any shitty behavior, we know like they're kids. Yeah. Now it's like in in the first It movie, I'm like, none of these fucking kids care about each other. <laughs> like they just met. Most yeah. of them just met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gives a shit? To be fair, when you're a kid, like most of your friends are just, it's about proximity. Very true. <laughs> you know I mean? You're friends with kids on your block. It's like, yeah. you, are you friends with your neighbors? No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. I try not to talk to them. Yeah, <laughs> don't look at them. You bring out the trash, you're like, hey, okay. Right, hello. Please don't take my mail. Uh, but stuff that scared me, the stuff that stood out to me most um, in this movie and unfortunately, the majority of it's in the first trailer. But Bev's scene in the apartment when she revisits her apartment, I thought was really effective. Give me some Evil Dead vibes in a good way. Um, and also, there's a scene under the bleachers that I believe, from what I understand, was invented for the movie and is not for the books. That's I really I think I, it's super solid. I think that was I think that's the best. I think that's where it's like, oh, that's what Pennywise is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's the best realization of of how he works within this framework and with kids it's like oh that makes sense to me whereas other times you're like how why is anybody when the second clown shows up why aren't you hoofing it the opposite direction Which, you're right yeah. but at the same time that's 2019 this girl's mm-hmm. dumb as hell <laughs> this is 20 it's not like yeah. again even in the 80s you could maybe get away with this yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. It's, tw- it's 2019 we have 30 this plus we've, years we've of scary for, clown movies your parents definitely know about not only the scary clown movies, but Manson. I've been watching the season two, season two of Mindhunter, and you realize like that's why you have a whole generation of paranoid kids because their parents grew up through the serial killer situation, and so that's why you don't trust anybody. You yeah. know what I mean? For good reason too. Uh, I'm never going to pick up a hitchhiker. Sorry, if you're hitchhiking across America, that was fun in a book. I'm not going to pick you up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. And don't you go in the car with someone else that you don't know. Uh, Caitlin Conway in the chat says, I'm seeing this movie tomorrow against my better judgment and I'm scared. Pray for me. Caitlin, let us know in the chat if you've seen the first one or if you're just jumping into the second one. I think you'll get enough of it. Scary what's clown. The, what's the uh, scariest movie you've ever seen? The movie that scared you most? Uh... I mean, the one that made... It's hard, because, you know, it's it's weird. Like, I go and see a lot of these movies with my brother, and he's always like, scary movies don't scare me. And then I bring up movies that, like, where I have scary moments in it, like Green Room, mm-hmm. where Anton Yeltsin's arm gets caught outside the door, Jeez. and he brings it back in. I'm like, that fucking terrified me. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's, like, that's gross. And it's like, it's really... It's so weird with horror fans trying to find a thing yeah. that's scary. Well, that's, that's why horror... Especially, like, big horror fans. It's almost like metal fans, where, like, the edgier it is. Like, that's why Hellraiser has its fan base. There's a film uh, series called Terrifier that I know a lot of my horror friends swear by and it's just messed up it's yeah. just so messed up and I know at Fantastic Fest there's a whole movie that like a couple of our friends saw where it was like what the fuck Here, here's a quick premise Mother, uh, brother sister oh, on yeah, the run go to a cave and there's a man in there a homeless man uh oh they're the devil and it's the, and the devil makes them have sex with each other and you just see genitals like full on screen as mm-hmm. they're like crying and blood everywhere and you're like yeah, that's fucking scary. That fucking sucks, man. Like, good for you for making this movie because you wanted to make it really yeah. bad, but fuck that movie. Yeah. So I guess the scariest thing, I think The Witch just really fucked with me a lot when I first saw it. And it's hard because horror movies change after you see them once. Yeah. Like, the, 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 the glamour of it kind of wears off. Um, I, it's hard because... As a kid, some shit just fucked me up. Bat Crypt Keeper yeah. scared the, sh- the ever-loving shit out of me. Yeah, I couldn't yeah, yeah. watch Tales from the Crypt because he looked too scary. Oh, if you're talking about stuff that fucked you up as a kid... The, I think uh, that's more fair because uh, as an adult, we're getting into like genuinely traumatic shit. Yeah, because like some of the genuinely scarier stuff is... is um, uh, hereditary is just on another level because of what it t- taps into. Those are uh, real fears. Yeah, the, exactly. And I think that I, I, I don't know. I like to respond to that. But stuff that I, mean, I think I've told this story before. Um, my dad and I used to watch uh, reruns of Doctor Who that aired on PBS like late at night. Like whenever he was having trouble sleeping, I was having trouble sleeping. We watched these episodes. And one night I had trouble sleeping and he wasn't up. So it's like, I'll go to the Doctor Who channel. Yeah. But instead of Doctor Who, it was Phantasm. And Phantasm, Phantasm has, fucking sucks. Yeah, Phantasm. <laughs> Phantasm 2, because uh, they've got these orbs, these orbs that drill in people, but in Phantasm 2, there's a bigger one that like drills through, and I trained right as the drill's going through the guy's chest, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't as a kid. Like, I just, I wasn't prepared for it. I couldn't process it. That movie, and it wasn't until uh, just a few years ago that I actually found out that it was Phantasm 2. I just knew the orb movie with the drill going through the guy's chest, and then a buddy of mine was like, we should, let's check out Phantasm. I'm like, this is dope. And I'm like, the drill things, the drill things. And so I saw Phantasm 2. I'm like, it, it was this movie. That fucked you that over. just decimated me. Uh, I got to say, somebody was listing Stephen King adaptions and shit like that. And they listed like the best one is Stand By Me, which is fair. I, that's a really good movie. 
Uh, as far as scary ones, I know he doesn't like it, but The Shining's fucking great. I have never seen it. I recommend it. it but it's, 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 and see, Kubrick, as much as Stephen King didn't like the adaption of The Shining, Kubrick would nail at least the cosmic heady stuff of it. Mm-hmm. Like the, because that's something that Shining gets, where it's just like, what? Specifically, I think my favorite scene in that entire movie is where Jack Nicholson sits down and talks to the bartender because it's like, what is it? happening right now mm-hmm. and like the layout the, the attention to detail where the layout of the hotel doesn't make sense <laughs> and and stuff like that i think i think that stuff is is scarier than um like the jump scare stuff although i will say that first paranormal activity movie was like mm, not liking any of this oh speaking of clowns the clown toy that one yeah. that seriously fucked me up where it's like if i had because st- i had stuffed animals as a kid they're fucking yeah. dope uh but if there were one was where i was like I can strangle me. I'm gonna put that in the closet. <laughs> like, 100%. Uh, if it came to life right now, yeah. I, I'll just be nice to it you. It has opposable thumbs. Now you're nah. going in the closet. Nah, going nah, in the closet. Nah, 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 and nah. I can't. I don't have a lock in the closet. But I'm gonna assume you can't. You're not strong enough to do that. You're strong yeah. enough to strangle me, but not to open the door. Yeah. Um, but I did want to end it because I just circle back. Yes. Um, you can hear our full thoughts on it, chapter two, in our YouTube video. But I did want to get your thoughts on the stands getting adapted into a series. Yes. I wanted to give a quick pitch for I think the one that hasn't been done properly yet that could be into a miniseries is Firestarter. And yeah, I, go into that. I think it could be, I think a three episode like mega thing that like Amazon Prime would yeah, adapt. Yeah, yeah. I think they could do a really good job because it's, it's not only, it's kind of taking some of the pages from recent Marvel MCU movies, it, only in the sense of dealing with the trauma that your parents maybe in, accidentally impart on you. Like Guardians of the Galaxy does yeah. a really good job of showing like, yeah, sometimes we got fucked up the ads, you know, yeah. like, and sometimes they don't mean to, and sometimes they do. Sometimes no. they're, they're giant evil planets. It <laughs> yeah. happens. What are you going to do? And in, in Firestarter, it's about in the seven, and it has to be set in the eighties. It just yeah. kind of has to, and not for nostalgia reasons, just for lack of technology and yeah. also like MK ultra bullshit. Yeah. Um, if you're not familiar, the story is about uh, two people that, uh, while in college, signed up to do a drug trial, and they ended up getting powers by accident. Yeah. And they're not, like, they're not fucking fun. One guy can push illusions onto things and people and make them see stuff, but it's going to give him a fucking brain hemorrhage, and they do such a good job visualizing, like, what his brain feels like when he does it. Yeah. Also, one of my favorite sequences of displaying powers in something is when he, they take a taxi, and he only has a dollar, so he makes it look like a $30 bill or mm. something. He makes it look yeah. like something that doesn't, a $200 bill. Yeah. And it has uh, Woodrow Wilson on it. So, yeah. uh, but he makes it look like that. So the cab driver's like, holy shit, that's crazy. And then later, uh, a government agent gets it and he, it flickers and it looks like that for just a couple seconds where, Ooh. and it's just a, a little thing where the power's wearing off, but it was on that dollar bill for a while. Yeah. And I always love that. But diving into, uh, th- these two people have a kid and it's the little girl and she has just endless psychic abilities her main one is pyrokinesis but it doesn't work the way you want it to work it's an it's an overflow of emotions coming from a child that doesn't know how to process their own world and what fucking sucks instead of having tantrums like a normal kid the the world fucking explodes or she sees the future or uh, she burns down the house it's awful but um i think diving into the trauma that she's undergone from not only just having these abilities, which is fucking terrifying, and being chased by the government, but at the same time, these two people are fucking kids who had a kid, and they, yeah. fucked, they, they fucked up, and they don't know how to be a proper parent. So this girl's going to be just irrevo- irrevocably damaged, yeah. but at the same time, how is she going to process those feelings and understand the world unlike any other way that another person could? There's not other powered people. It's just these three people that have these abilities and it's them versus the government and there's this kind of like fucked up relationship that she kind of has relationship in a loose term between her and a government agent Mm -hmm. who's just trying to understand them but also it's looking at uh, the role of like the US government at the time during the 80s and the Cold War and um, also like nuclear crises but also like growing up in a world where like it could explode at any fucking time but maybe instead of the bomb, it's you. You're yeah. the thing that that could end the world at some point. Mm-hmm. And I love the way that he dives into supernatural abilities in that, psionic abilities, and just parenthood, man. That series, it, that book, does a pretty solid job of showing just like how hard it is to be a parent. And minor things fuck can fuck you up pretty bad if you don't have the right tools to deal with it. And then on top of it, like keep notch like notching up like the stress levels. Yeah. And it sucks. You know, you, there, you never see abuse. You never see anything like 
sexually gross in it. Like as far as I remember, yeah. uh, I don't. You covered your eyes yeah, for the gross it, parts during, in yeah. the book when I was reading. Like, yeah. ooh, I won't see. Let me flip the page. Yeah. Um, but I think I think that especially in the time right now of superhero genre pieces being the rage, shocker. Yeah. I think there's something deep that you can dive into, like the way that people are being drawn to Joker right now, where yeah, you can yeah. kind of look at the anarchist, the person who's being neglected in society. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I think night. I think Firestarter could be something that could be a, a, an answer to that and yeah. get people interested. I think though you need the budget of an Amazon Prime series where like the boys looks really good. Yes, one hundred percent. And it has a clearer vision. It's mm-hmm. more toned down than the comic, but it has a clearer vision compared to other shows. Yeah. And I think this is what a Stephen King adaptation would need. That's what I'd say. I do think you need the space the Stephen King adaptation. I'm I'm glad The Stand is going to be a series because it's so dense. Um, And I think the other thing that is challenging, if I were to actually tell you like what happens, not a lot. I mean, like a majority of the world population dies. That that happens. But like from chapter to chapter, it's not like Mad Max. It's not like there's like shootouts and there's like one shootout in the entire like book that's probably as thick as this thing is. You know what I mean? Um, it's more about what these people are going through, how they perceive themselves, how they grow as people, what makes society work, and if if society was to go away, how would it work? And and the, I think the best like tone setting aspect of it. And again, Randall Flag, who's the Dark Man in uh, the the Dark Tower series and all that stuff is such an interesting, fascinating prota- uh, antagonist. Anyway, the great tone setting is the is the prologue deals with this guy that was supposed to be a monitor at this military base, and something uh, a containment thing broke, and the door that was supposed to basically shut him in in case like basically seal off broke, and he's like, it's so I'm so lucky that that door didn't shut because I was able to escape and get my family. And as you're reading the chapter, you realize, motherfucker, you're in fact, the fact that that, that system didn't work is the reason the virus is going to get out. And it's because of you. And he doesn't know. And it's not until the, like, I think the next chapter, you got these people chilling at a gas station and a car like careens and like takes out some of the, uh, the pumps and it's his family and they're dying. And that's how the disease gets out. And it's that, it's, it's that stupid incompetence like that. Just like, just, uh, and and dealing with again, kind of a, with a world overcoming a world that feels antagonistic to you, which is which is deeper than a scary clown or like a shootout or any of that stuff. And I feel like that might be where people adapting Stephen King's work get hung up because they try to adapt the text. It's almost like the Watchmen adaptation. It looks the same, but it's not saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's and it's tough because I don't know about Firestarter, but it's like a lot of that is in the subtext. And there's chapters on end where it's just people getting to understand a person as opposed to them like doing things. So how do you adapt that, you know? Um, but I am glad that I, I think because of the success of it that we're getting more of these Stephen King adaptations. And it looks like people are taking a more careful eye and how they do it, uh, give or take a pet cemetery. And uh, and we might get some really cool adaptations out of it. Well, gang, let us know what kind of adaptations you want to see for Stephen King and what you thought of It Chapter 2 on Twitter at Only Stupid Answers. You have the bells from Stupid. At Sam Basher for me. At DJ Talks Trash. The thing I was talking about earlier, spoiler, uh, is the music cue when a uh, hypochondriac kid is facing the leper as an adult mm-hmm. and it barfs in his face and then this music cue oh, kicks yeah. in. Oh, yeah. Like, what was that? Man, what's, I'm not necessarily against it. Except this doesn't fit the rest of the scene and the rest of the movie. You know what I mean? It was like, Agreed. that was an Evil Dead moment that didn't work. It was like, what's going on here? But anyway. Um, but gang, uh, make sure you check out patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers for more content from us. And uh, we'll see you next Monday. Bye-bye.